The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech. So, Ruben, I wanted to put you on the hot seat today and help educate the greater public where we need to be concerned about windows from a safety perspective. Welcome everyone. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, your three-legged stool coming to you from the Northland, talking all things houses, home inspections, and anything else that's rattling around in our brain. On today's episode, we're going to you know, dig into Ruben's brain about window safety. And here's where this came from. I was binging on The Maid recently. Now, this is a Netflix series, which Wait, I you find... Said the, hold on, Phil. The Maid? The Maid, yes. Okay, all right. Haven't heard yeah, of it, but yeah. thank you. Okay. My, my wife was completely into it, so we, uh, we kind of did this together, our little downtime while our daughter is out at theater class or whatever she's got going on. So we're, we're watching The Maid, and there's a point kind of later in the series where the mom gets into this really manic episode... And she, you know, goes to break into a house that's hers and she punches her hand through a window and it just destroys her like arm. It's a very gruesome scene. And I was starting to think that would have been helpful to have some tempered glass in that pane of window that she just put her hand through. So I know there's guidance around window safety and glass safety and all these sorts of things. So, Ruben, I wanted to put you on the hot seat today and help educate the greater public where we need to be concerned about windows from a safety perspective. How does the general public prevent a grandkid or a dog or somebody going through a piece of glass that's going to hurt them in in a big time way? You know, I had my own experience with this. And now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I got deja vu. I wonder if we talked about this in a previous podcast, maybe years ago, but I had my own experience as a kid. I was, I was running and I fell into a storm door and the glass was not tempered glass or safety glass. And this huge shard of glass went into my arm and I probably should have got stitches. It was like, we had to pull it out. And I, yeah, it was, it was (laughs) nasty. And I, I should have had stitches, but my mom was a nurse. And so, you know, if you're a kid's if, if you're the kid of a nurse, you don't get stitches or go to the hospital for anything. You get a butterfly <laughs> bandage. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And so uh, and it, it healed just fine. But today you wouldn't have that anymore. Today, that would be considered a hazardous location for glass. And mm-hmm. that's the way our safety codes are written, as they say, when you've got a location where it's a, a hazardous location to have glass then you need to do something special with it. And then typically it means it's going to have to be tempered and Mm -hmm. doors would be one of those locations. And, and just so everybody understands tempered glass means that if it breaks, it's going to break into a million little pieces. It's not going to be these big shards. It's going to, well, it's exactly what I said, a million little pieces. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny. I'm thinking about this now. I'm going to have to put this picture in our show notes I might even share it on our, our Facebook page for Structure Tech. I was at a grocery store down in Florida and one of the sliding doors, you know, they got those automatic sliding doors that go open and shut constantly. Mm-hmm. 
huge pane of glass in one of those doors had this spider web cracking going out from it. And I, I just kind of looked at it and then I did a double take and I, I just went, wait a minute, that ain't right. Because <laughs> if it's tempered glass, it's not going to spider web. It's going to, it's going to shatter into a million pieces. You're not going to have these big, long cracks. And I just thought to myself, how in the world does this happen? How did they get away with that? Yeah. Yeah. Where you've got a a commercial building, you've got a door and it's not tempered glass. I know about residential code requirements. Mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot about commercial establishments, but come on, help me out. Tessa, Bill, how could this happen? Especially in a high traffic area like that. It's really dangerous. Well, it's it's Florida. So who knows? I I, I think (laughs) Upon further evaluation, you're probably going to find a very thick film on top of that glass. So even if it's spiderwebbed out the way you saw it, it was contained by by some other substance. And, And maybe it was just the fact that they couldn't make the door the size that glass was. Maybe it couldn't be constructed of tempered glass and they had to go some other angle. Something tells me that wasn't wrong. Ones and zeros in your mind as it relates to safety glass didn't didn't connect and you didn't That's see really good, Bill. I bet you're right. Mm. That that makes a lot more sense. Cause I mean th- there's a there's a blog post I did and I, I did a video on it too. Dustin helped me with this back when he was on the team. And we did one on safety film. I, I had bought this safety mm. film and we put it on some windows just to see how it reacts. And it's it's something that people can retroactively do if you've got an old house and you've got windows in what's considered now a hazardous location for glass you could apply this film onto your glass and give it about the same level of safety and we did a bunch of testing where we were like smashing it and dropping rocks on it and see how it holds together and it worked really well i uh i got i got a bunch of old window panes and we dropped stuff on there and eventually to get it to get it to really knock out of the glass, we had to drop something so heavy that it busted the whole piece of glass out of the frame, but it still held all the glass together. So yeah, I, I bet you're right, Bill. It must do you think that's film. Do you think that's cheaper than replacing the glass itself, Ruben, doing that film? Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the film itself costs next to nothing. It's the labor putting it on where all the cost is because, you know, Dustin and I did it and oh my mm-hmm. goodness, how aggravating that was trying to get all the air bubbles out and get it cut to size. So you, so it doesn't look like you've got film on your window. I mean, that, that was a pain in the butt and then professionals, they do charge a fair amount of money to get this done, but still it's a fraction of the cost of replacing the actual glass. I suppose it's something kind of like trying to put a screen protector on your phone. And I I feel like I can never do that without getting chunks of lint still under there and take that times a hundred. And it's almost impossible. I would think that is a perfect analogy, Tessa. Yes. So Ruben, I'm going to ask you all the places where you need safety glass and why. So I'm going to prep you for that. But this, this window film business, the only reason I know anything about it is because we put an egress window in our basement. And I went through all of the proper channels, got all the permits, thought everything was cool. And the inspector was coming out to final the permit. And he looked at the window and he said, this isn't tempered glass. And I said, well, how can that? I, I, I don't know what to tell you. And he said, well, yeah, this needs to be tempered glass. And I 
asked him, well, what other options do I have? And he said, well, sometimes you can put film on it, but it's got to be a certain thickness. And he gave me some laundry list of things. Mm-hmm. Well, now my window downstairs has film on it. And he actually did come back and make sure I put it on and wow. inspected the material. It was, it was interesting wow. to say the least, but so I know this stuff exists and Tessa to answer your question, which is less expensive film or just replacing the sash. It's film. I can't tell you as a percentage, but it was, it was film. So I went with film instead of hmm. putting a brand new sash in a brand new window. So I'm sure Ruben's going to get to this, but it must've been that that window was too close to the ground or something that it needed to be tempered. Do you remember what the reason was for that? I'll, I'll explain the location of it once Ruben. <laughs> okay. Well, through the, the checklist, I think it would be a complete snooze fest if I went through the entire checklist. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm just going to share kind of some of the most common things that we come across as home inspectors. You know, generally, if you've got window inside of a bathtub area or really close to a bathtub Mm -hmm. where someone could slip and go through, that Mm -hmm. would be considered a hazardous location. If you've got a window that meets all four of these requirements I'm about to list, and this is a critical part here, is that it meets meets all four. So often you get some old school home inspector saying, well, it's too close to the ground. It needs to be tempered. No, 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 no. It's all four. It, it needs, if a window is within 18 inches of the ground, the bottom edge is within mm-hmm. 18 inches of the ground and the top edge is more than three feet off the ground. I'll let you think that okay. through. Okay. Top edge is more than three feet. Mm-hmm. And the total glazed area, that chunk of glass is more than nine square feet. We're talking three foot by three foot. That's a, a big, big, big piece of glass. And now this is an easy one. Almost all windows have this. And you got a walking surface within three feet of it. Hmm. If it meets all four of these, then it's considered a hazardous location. But if one of those is missing, I mean, if the bottom edge is 19 inches above the ground, doesn't matter if it's 10 square feet of glass, it doesn't, it's not considered a hazardous location. So that's one that a lot of home inspectors and other professionals get tripped up on. So I wanted to clarify that, but I mean, as far as all the rest of the requirements bill, you know, I've got this book in my hand, it's called Code Check. We love Code Check, put out by uh, Skip Walker, past guest on our show, Douglas Hansen. He needs to be a guest on our podcast. Yeah. I got to get Douglas Hansen on this podcast. <laughs> we, we will get him on the podcast now that we're thinking about it. But they've got these, these series of books to, to help building officials and home inspection type people like us get quick answers to stuff. So I pulled out my flip chart here and I turned over to the section on safety glazing and I'm holding it up for Bill and Tessa. It's like, it, it is like a full page where it lists all the places where you need to have safety glazing. I mean, there's a ton of hazardous locations, so we won't bore anybody by listing them all. I'll tell you, if you want to figure it all out, you go to chapter three in the IRC, the International Residential Code, you turn to section eight. So it's section 308.1 through four, basically lists a ton of the locations. So that's where you could go if you want to read about it, but I'm not going to put anybody to sleep today. I do have a question about walking surface. Isn't any floor a walking surface? I would say so. Yep. Okay. So then any window that's closer to the floor than 18 inches 
begins this conversation. Correct. And if it's higher than 18 inches, we don't have a conversation. That's right. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that might trigger this. I mean, any wet areas, if it's in a stairwell, that's considered a hazardous location. Lots of other reasons for something to be hazardous. Okay. Well, talk about the stairwell. Does the stairwell need that 18 inch to the floor criteria thing? Or is that, is that just a standalone? Yeah. We don't even need to worry about any of that. If it's a stairwell, it's basically like if it's a stairwell, then that's a hazardous location unless the glass and I got to find it where it says it on the sheet here, but going by memory, I think it's unless the glass is more than 60 inches above your walking surface. Once you're more than five feet up, they say it's okay to be in a stairwell without having it tempered, but less than five feet, that's hazardous. Okay. Now you're piquing my interest. What's a stairwell? I don't know. A <laughs> stairway. It's it's the enclosure for a stairway. Okay. You're using specific words there. And, and it, this relates to me. And this is why I'm going to keep pushing on this. So it's an enclosure. Is this, is this a landing where a, a step makes it like a 90 degree or 180 degrees? Or, or is it just me, where a stairway pours into Let me into read what this says. It says, if, if you have glass that's less than 60 inches well, actually, it says glazing. Glazing less than 60 inches horizontally from the bottom stair landing, measured in a 180-degree arc from the lowest tread nosing, and 36 inches above the landing, with some exceptions that we're not getting into. So, Bill, I don't know what that means. Well, here's where I got caught up in the mix, because my window, our egress window, is at the base of our stairs, but it goes down and you, it's on the wall where the handrail is, right? So the handrail goes down, the landing, the floor, the basement floor, and then there's my window on like the left side of you as you're walking down. Like for me to go through that window, falling down my stairs, I would have to bounce off the basement floor, go up 38 or 42 inches, with enough force to then break through the glass and fall out into my window well, which is. So, so yeah. is this, is this within three feet of the stairway? Yeah. Of the steps? It is. It okay. is. Yes. Well, I can't. Well, all right. Well, then it, it's considered a hazardous location. I can't, you know, explain to you exactly how this fall is supposed to happen. Well, I know I, I need to get uh, way more muscular than I am and have more tension in my body to be able to jolt up like that. But I just, when I was talking with the inspector, he was kind of like, Hey dude, this is my job. I noticed this. I got to say something. I can't just walk away. I'm like, fine. But it's just, it's ridiculous on the face that that's a dangerous location. I mean, uh, objection noted. Okay. Thank you. And I will say that the dude, the, the inspector who came to my house was a perfectly pleasant person. It wasn't like he was trying to, you know, wield the long arm of the law, so to speak. He just was like, yeah, call me when you do the film thing, I'll come back and sign off on it. I'm like, okay, sounds good. But okay. Patio doors. Is every single patio door tempered? They should be. I assume that they always are. I've, you know, for the first I don't know, five, six, seven years of my home inspection career, I was very diligent about looking in the corners of the glass on every one of these doors because 
Some instructor at some course told me that this is what I need to do as a home inspector. And after looking at, I don't know, maybe a thousand of them and not seeing one that didn't have it, I kind of quit looking for it. I just went, what am I spending my time doing? I've got bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. as far as I know, all of them are tempered. And the most common spot, Tessa, you find these objectionable windows? What would you say? Well, I think it depends on the the age of the house. Obviously, like I was just thinking when we we're talking about, you know, windows and stairways, uh, like an image of a house built in like 1900 or 1920 comes to mind where they always have windows at the top of the landing and windows along the stairway. Um, and a lot of times too, there'll be a window in a shower or above a bathtub enclosure in a house that age. And I have run across some old like French doors in houses that are like 1920s that have glass that doesn't appear to be tempered that are like original, you know, French doors and storm doors and stuff. But, you know, I'd say newer houses, I I pretty much just kind of rely on the fact that builders are hopefully installing the correct kind of glass. And like Ruben said, I'm not checking every single little corner for the little sticker on every potential location where it should be. Maybe I should be doing that, but you know, I just kind of assume that, that they've installed it correctly. I think Ruben's already said now, don't, don't spend your time on that. (laughs) Yeah. It's not on the doors. Now, one that we find wrong a lot of the time though, is in shower areas and bathrooms and those enclosures. A lot of the time we do find those wrong. That's one I do always look for. Yeah. That's wrong because there's a window inside your shower. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings, but like, can you think of a worse place to put a window? <laughs> uh, no, Bill. No, I cannot. But, yeah. and you know, I, I'm really not so much thinking about a shower, but I'm thinking about bathtub areas where you've got a bathtub and you got a window above that. Well, I think what you just touched on, Ruben, is that they all started as bathtub areas. And then as time, you know, those are all old houses. And then as our lives became more modern and people added showers, they just, well, we'll build a surround here and make it nice and watertight. We'll put a, a shower curtain over this hole in your wall and that should keep all the water out, right? Right. Yes. There's not many places that you have to be concerned about. So my whole whole thought process of pounding your hand through a window to unlock the house that you used to own, but is now occupied by somebody else. That's a pretty low level concern for a home inspector. They're not going to look at at those, uh, those windows. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also I was just going to add too, and you know, we're home inspectors, we're not code officials. And so when we're going through a house that's built in 1920, and we find, you know, this untempered glass in these hazardous locations, we're putting it in our report because it's a potential safety issue. And so we make a recommendation, you know, to replace the glass with something that's tempered or install this protective film, but it's just a recommendation. And it's, it's really a recommendation for an upgrade. It's not ever anything that has to be done. Yes. That is so well put Tess. It's not a defect. This is a safety upgrade that you may want to do at your house. Let people know what the risk is. And we're not there telling them, hey, look, you have to do this. It's like, hey, here's the risk. You fall Mm -hmm. through it. It's going to be a bigger injury. If you want to make it a little safer, you could do this. But it's not like we're coming down with the code book saying, look here, it says an IRC, blah, 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 for a new house. 
now you must upgrade your 100 year old house. It's like, right. <laughs> no, right. put this stuff in context, make people understand what's really happening here. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a nightmare if you had to take a 1920 house and make everything up to code? Think about the stairway heights and clearances and outlet locations and GFC, you know, all that stuff that you would have to rip out and redo. Oh, it's ridiculous. I couldn't imagine. Couldn't yeah. imagine. Well, as an owner of an old house, uh, I think they just let you off the hook. I mean, until you open up certain walls or you do certain construction, then they, they make you do it. But Ruben, you used to do time of sale inspections, tishes in, in the big cities here. Is there any requirement for reporting on these glass and dangerous locations inside of like a time of sale home inspection or time of sale inspection? Bill, I have not done a truth and housing evaluation for so many years now. I'm still licensed in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'll have you know, though. <laughs> but, uh, Does that I, license I'm ever having... expire? How long? No, it, it expires every year and I keep renewing it. Oh. I'm paying insurance for it and I'm renewing <laughs> my license. I don't know why, Tess. I ought to Be- just quit. Well, it's not an easy license to acquire, if but I recall. That's why. Yeah, it was yes. such a pain in the butt. Yeah. But who am I kidding? Yeah. When am I ever going to go back up <laughs> and do those again? But Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked, Bill. I don't know. That was my long-winded answer of saying I don't know. I don't remember there ever being anything about it. I'm sure there's nothing about it in any Tish guideline. I'm sure of it, Bill. Okay. All right. Well, some of this glass at the bottom of steps would probably be useful to know about. But again, it would be a burden to fix any of that. And to fix it right would probably be really expensive. And then who's going to do it and how soon? That couldn't be a required repair. It would just be a nightmare for the city to have to manage. Okay. So there's nothing to worry about. If you, uh, all you got to know is 18 inches, you start, it always starts from the floor, right? 1836, nine square feet and uh, walking surface. You got it, Bill. I passed the test. Yeah. Awesome. Well done. All right. I do pay attention. I do. Pay attention. Good. <laughs> You're good. You've got good retention. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think that's going to put a bow on this one. So thank you, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. We appreciate you. Anytime you need window safety information, please check out Ruben's blog. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech.com.